Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with William Attaway about his new book, Catalytic Leadership, 12 Keys to Becoming an Intentional Leader Who Makes a Difference. William Attaway, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, it's such an honor to be with you today. Thanks for having me on. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the East Coast, about an hour outside of D.C. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about your new book, Catalytic Leadership, 12 Keys to Becoming an Intentional Leader Who Makes a Difference. I really like that title. I like, <laughs> I'll let you describe here in a minute, uh, you know, exactly what you mean by it, catalytic leadership. Um, but I really like the intentional focus of the leadership approach, because I think that's really, really vital. Uh, so we're going to unpack all of that and, and dive on into the content of the book and share some insights uh, with listeners today. And I appreciate you, William, taking the time to, to share your insights with me and my audience. As we get started, I wanted to share William's bio with everybody. William Attaway is the lead pastor of a mission-focused church in Northern Virginia. As a leadership coach, he helps entrepreneurial leaders achieve explosive organizational and personal growth through defining what's holding them back and intentionally developing a catalytic leadership plan to overcome it. He is also the author of the books Catalytic Leadership and Lead Leadership Lessons from the Not-So-Minor Prophets. Uh, pleasure to be with you today. Anything else you would like to share with my listeners by way of your background, personal context, uh, your story before we dive on into the topic? You know, I've been a student of leadership for over three decades now. I've led in business contexts, I've led in church contexts, and I started a company to coach leaders and how to intentionally grow and thrive to help pass on some of what I've learned, not only in my own journey, but also in the journeys of leaders that I've coached. So I hope today is going to be helpful in that regard as well. Yeah, and maybe if you don't mind just sharing a little bit of of why this book, why now? Um, I'm assuming I know you do your your leadership coaching and you have your your business there, but you're also lead pastor. Um, tell us a little bit about that that juggle that um, that work life kind of situation, as well as why you decided to write this book. The book the book comes out of so many conversations and so many coaching opportunities that I've had with leaders for decades. It's, it's from those conversations, it's principles and themes that I've seen woven through those conversations over time. And there were 12 that just jumped out as consistently 
no matter what your context, whether it's, it's government employees, government contractors, whether it's small business owners or C-suite leaders, whether it's church leaders or nonprofit leaders, these 12 themes apply. And these 12 themes would be ones that would come up in coaching time and time again. So that's where the book comes from. My, my hope was to capture some of that and make it more accessible to other leaders that are beyond the ones that I can coach personally. Yeah, well, that, that's great. And it's great to have experience in multiple contexts because I, I do think context matters a lot. Um, and I, I'm a full believer in principles that can be applied across boundaries and across contexts. Also recognizing that every situation is a little bit different. Every, every group of, of individuals and, and the people dynamics are always unique and a little bit different. So we, sometimes the application of the principles looks a little different. Um, and so I think that's great that you have all those different experiences in the different contexts. So let's start with you just describing for us why you chose the main title, Catalytic Leadership. Uh, what does that mean to you? Um, and, and share a little bit more about that with, with listeners. You know, when I went to college, I actually went as a pre-pharmacy major. I went through my first three semesters and got to organic chemistry and discovered that this is not really what I want to do with the rest of my life. And that's the point at which a lot of people discover that. But in my brief chemistry studies, I discovered the power of a catalyst. A catalyst is something that is introduced to accelerate or to incite significant change that makes an impact. When I think about leadership, I, I attended my first leadership conference when I was 15 years old. I've been a student of leadership for decades and a practitioner for decades. As I think about the leaders that I've learned from, the best leaders are what I call catalytic, right? They introduce and accelerate significant change that makes an impact. And I think that's really what gets leaders' hearts beating fast. They want to make a difference. And so what I try to do is help them. I come alongside them and help them to see what they can't see, ask questions they might not have asked so that they can then lead in that way, in a catalytic way to accomplish whatever it is they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Okay, so let's, let's start going through. We don't have to go through all 12. Mm -hmm. um, we can hit the, you know, the highlights of whatever you feel is, is most uh, relevant uh, for the conversation today. But let's hit on some of those key um, factors, those key principles in how we can really make a difference. And I, and I should also say, not only do I really like how you use the phrase intentional leader in the subtitle, I really like how you focus on making a difference. Uh, because ultimately, I think that's, that's really what we're shooting for with leadership. We're shooting for actual impact, actually making and driving change. Uh, we're not just spinning our wheels. We're not just giving nice, uh, empowering and motivational speeches. Those are great, but we also need to actually implement. We actually have to achieve. We actually have to accomplish things. We have to make a difference. We have to make an impact. Um, so I, th I think all that's fantastic. Okay, so with that said, what are some of those key principles that you would like to focus on? You know, you just hit on one of them. It's, it's having a bias for action an intentional bias for action. Leaders have that inherently within them, but sometimes we can slide into what I call a drift into mediocrity, right? Well, excellence, that inspires people, right? In my context, I talk about how excellence honors God and it inspires people. Mediocrity does neither. <laughs> and so leaders intuitively know that. And so they're going to have a bias for action, for doing, achieving. You might remember from the old Biggest Loser TV show, one of the things Bob Harper would often say is when somebody would be complaining and giving him all the reasons why they couldn't do something, 
And they would just talk, 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 talk. One of the things I used to love that he would say is words, 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 do something. Leaders resonate with that. They get that. One of the things that a catalytic leader understands is that you have to have a bias for action. You have to be action oriented and you have to do that in a bold way. Sometimes we have to step in and make decisions that other people are afraid to make, that they don't know how to make. We have to step in and we have to do so with boldness, with optimism and with realism. That's one of the keys to catalytic leadership. Now, what does that look like in your context? What does it look like in mine? It's going to look different. And that's where we have to unpack and deal with those on an individual basis. But I think that language is going to resonate. Yeah, well, and something you said there, you know, that that tension between optimism, vision, and aspiration with mm-hmm. realism and pragmatism, yeah. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> because if you, if you only have one or the other, things right. don't tend to get done. Um, you can that's have right. the most visionary person, but if, if, they, if they can't actually implement anything if they can't implement their vision it's just really nice words and on the other hand if you have someone who's really task oriented uh someone who's really good at uh, at strategy and tactics and implementation but they lack the vision they lack the ability to get people fired up and excited about and sharing in the vision and the purpose then you you don't catalyze the 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 team right to to accomplish great things so you really do need both and Mm -hmm. That's, that's a hard thing because a lot of people tend to naturally kind of uh, lean one way or the other. How, how do you coach leaders to, to find a balance between those two? You know, it's a tension and, and you have to have both, like you say, it's a tension and it's one that we have to manage. It's not one that you want to resolve. You don't want to say, oh, I, j- I just want to, I just want to focus on this. I just want to focus on vision. As you say, that's nice words. That's great. Uh, people are going to be all fired up and then not know what to do. That's great. Or say you're just focused on getting things done, just getting the tasks done. How do you know what to do? How do you know you're doing the right things? How do you know you're not spending time doing the wrong things? Which is what I find so often leaders do. They are incredibly busy. But are you busy doing the right things that are accomplishing the goals that you say are part of your vision? These are the questions, some of the questions that I ask leaders to help them gain some clarity on that. Yeah. So just wrestling with that tension, I think is really important. Uh, Taking a good hard look at what is needed right now in the position that you're in. And again, whether it's a formal kind of leadership role, sometimes we we have a lot of leadership influence and opportunity in informal capacities as well. So looking at your role, looking at your influence, looking at what you're trying to accomplish and what is needed. And, and sometimes, you know, the pendulum swings back and forth, even within a given organization in terms of what's needed in the moment. And so if we can learn how to, um, to, to work within that tension and to, to swing with the needs of the organization, I, I think that will make for more impactful leadership uh, as we continue along with our efforts. I agree completely. You cannot resolve that tension. You have to manage it and you have to be willing to ebb and flow with the needs at the moment. That's why it takes a leader, not just anybody to do this. Excellent, excellent. So that's that's one really key principle. Uh, what are some others? You know, the very first one is what I call cultivating a teachable spirit. You might've heard this referred to as a learning posture in some circles. And this is basically the idea that you can learn from anybody and you will learn from anybody. Will you be the most teachable person in the room? Will you have a learning posture at all times? 
I've laughingly said for years that you can learn from anybody. Sometimes you learn what not to do, but that can be incredibly valuable, right? So having that teachable spirit is a non-negotiable for catalytic leadership. In the context that I serve, I talk about this with our leaders. And I say, this is, this is the one non-negotiable. Like anything else you can learn, you can pick up and I'll pour into you and teach you, but you got to have this. But you have to cultivate that. That's not something that just happened. It's like every other part of leadership. Nobody wakes up one day and says, wow, I'm a fully mature, developed leader who has a teachable spirit. How did that happen? I didn't mean for that to happen, but here I am. That doesn't happen. It takes intentional yeah. focus. Yeah, and, and it, it's, it seems like, I mean, this isn't universally the case, but it seems like in my experience in working with leaders as well as working for leaders that the higher up someone ends up moving uh, up the rungs of leadership in the hierarchy, um, the more I think you have to try extra hard to be intentional about this because I think human nature is such that we look at our success and it's not that we're like some arrogant jerk or anything, right. but it's, it's just natural that you look at your success, you see what you've accomplished. And even if you have a very servant minded kind of approach to your leadership, it's very, very easy to fall into the trap of thinking you have figured it out. You have, you know, you have the, the formula and everyone else just needs to look to you and listen to you to figure out how to do it correctly. And as soon as you fall into that trap, your intellectual humility is out the window and your ability to learn is, is gone. Right. And so thoughts on how we can foster that, uh, you know, because I think most people will say, yeah, we need a growth mindset. Yeah, we need a learning posture. I want to be a lifelong learner. I think most people will say those things. But when you find yourselves in the throes of leadership in complex organizations, and you have everyone looking to you, um, you know, sometimes you have sycophants around you always kind of uh, churning it up even more. You know, how do you manage that? How do you how do you uh, negotiate that? Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.
you know, I think there's, there's two easy ways to see this. You want to know if you're making this a priority in your life. You want to know if this is a priority in your leadership. Here's two ways you can look at. Look at your calendar and look at your money. Okay, first, are you choosing blocking time to intentionally grow, to invest in your own leadership development, to learn from people who are not like you, who are not part of your normal circles, right? Are you learning from people who think differently than you? Are you making time to do that on purpose? Not just happenstance, not just, oh, well, that happens all the time. No, 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 no. I mean, you're choosing to do that. That's one. Second, are you investing in opportunities to do that? Are you investing in workshops and seminars and conferences, learning opportunities? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you availing yourself of the plethora of opportunities we have in our day to learn from other people? Those two things, that'll answer your question. Are you being intentional in this? Check those two things. Yeah. And you really should be trying to block out time pretty much every day. Now, yes. there are some days that maybe you you know, something comes up, you have an emergency that has to be addressed, you have a deadline, whatever. But we, we, we tend to fall into the trap of like feeling hyper, um, just constantly overbooked and busy all the time. And so be careful about, you know, thinking, well, I'm just too busy today, I'll get to it tomorrow. And then tomorrow you say the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. And then pretty sure pretty soon the week has gone by and you really haven't spent any time. So, you know, to the extent possible, block out time each and every day, listen to a TED talk, like listen to a podcast. There are so many, you know, LinkedIn learning, there are so many free resources that are out there. Um, of course, there are paid resources that you can do and you can upskill and reskill through some of those paid resources as well. But there, there's, there's just a ton of resources and you, you may not hear anything that's particularly new. Like I often say when I'm talking with, with guests on this podcast, like most of the time, most days, we're not saying anything that's particularly revolutionary. It's not rocket science. It's, it's just key principles that we keep reiterating over and over and over again uh, that you need to be intentional about, that you need to be consistent with. And it helps to just have set structured time daily to be able to engage in that thought process. Uh, and, and, and just, you know, and then reflect and today, you know, the, we may have listeners listening and they're like, oh, I've heard all of this before. Okay. That, that may be, you may have heard all of this before. Um, but you're hearing it today in perhaps a slightly new way when you're in a different place in a new context and, and you have opportunity for new types of reflection. And so that just that consistency is really, really going to pay off. And if you find yourself in the grind of just churning through work each and every day, and you never have time for this, it's, it's a, it's not only a, a warning sign that you're, you're not really leaning into that learning posture that maybe you aspire to. It also is a, a warning sign for burnout. It's a warning, warning sign that, um, that you're probably not having the time to, to develop your people and to be strategic in your leadership either. Uh, and so maybe you need to reprioritize. Very good work. You choose what you're going to spend time on. You choose what's on your calendar. Every day, I'm going to make an opportunity to learn. I'm going to carve out time to develop and grow. It's like character. Uh, Carrie Newhoff has said that no one will ever pay you to work on your character but they will fire you if you don't. Leadership development is like that. No one is ever going to make your development as a leader a priority. Nobody's ever going to make your growth a priority except you. 
And if you don't, it will not happen. Yeah, we, we can't assume that other people are going to do it for us. And I am a bit, you know, I'm an HR person, an organizational development change management person. And so I am a big advocate for every organization, you know, taking that responsibility to focus on and develop their people. And I'm a big advocate for every leader, you know, a big part of what leadership is, is developing the people around you on your team. And you should make that a priority. Um, so if we have people in the organization taking on that responsibility and making that a priority, that's the best possible scenario because then, you know, yep. we can prioritize it for ourselves, but other people are supporting us and other people are prioritizing it too. Uh, and and the, the potential for growth is huge. The reality though, is that that does, just doesn't happen often in many organizations. It does happen and there are uh, exceptions to this, but it often doesn't happen. And so unless we take ownership over our own career and our own development, uh, we, you know, we could be five, 10 years down the path thinking we should be, you know, we're here and we think we should be here. And, and uh, we, we just can't outsource that to anyone else, that responsibility. Not at all. And that's one of the other keys. One of the other principles is building up people and teams. That's what catalytic leaders do. They're intentionally investing in, pouring into, building up the people that they serve their immediate direct reports. I meet with my direct reports every week, right? Not because I have nothing but time, but because I want to intentionally invest in those relationships and I want to see them as 3D, not just the 1D of being a cog in the machine. I want to get to know them as people, understand their hopes and their dreams and their desires, their aspirations, so that I, as their leader, can help lift them into that, can help pour into them in such a way that they're going to achieve those things. But that's not just going to happen. I have to carve time out to do that. I have to plan what I'm going to do in those times. That's intentionality. Well, I kind of think about it in relation to like uh, my relationship with my partner, with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you talk in, in, in marriage circles, uh, how important it is to just make sure you're communicating regularly with your partner, right? Um, and part of that is like scheduling date nights, and maybe this is a silly comparison, um, but but it makes sense to me uh, that, you know, I, I, I've been married for 20 years. I have six children. My wife and I both work. <laughs> We're, we both, uh, you know, have PhDs. We're both professors. We both do a lot of work. We're, we're both very busy. So if we're going to prioritize our relationship and we're going to prioritize keeping it healthy, guess what? I mean, spontaneity is great, but sometimes... And probably most of the time, you got to schedule it. <laughs> Otherwise, That's it's right. not going to happen. And so we, we try to make sure that every week we have specific scheduled times. Now, does that mean that's the only time we have the chance to connect? No, there are spontaneous organic opportunities as well. And those are valued. Um, and that's it's the same in the workplace, right? Like you, you have the valued members of your team and your colleagues, some organic interactions are going to happen. And, and that can be meaningful. And it can be super valuable. And sometimes those are the most valuable uh, opportunities. But unless you intentionally schedule the time and make it a priority and be consistent with it, then it's going to fall through the cracks. Like it, things will just, it inevitably things always come up and you have to be committed to it. Uh, and, you know, religiously be focused on meeting, you know, making those one-on-one meetings and having those conversations, even if you don't have an agenda, even if you don't have a lot that needs to be talked about, be consistent and stick to it so that you can make sure that you're developing those, those relationships of mutual accountability and trust, uh, which is going to be 
the foundation upon which all of the success in your team and your organization is built. What gets scheduled gets done. Too often, we're, account, we're, we're relying on it being organic. Well, that, that'll happen, that'll happen, that'll happen. Okay, well, my experience has been and the experience of the leaders that I coach has been that that is not always true. And more often than not, the, uh, the urgent crowds out the important. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, good. I think we have time maybe for one more key principle that you want to focus on. Sure. Yeah, I think another one that, that I talk about a lot is the importance of evaluation for leaders. There's this idea that experience makes us better. I think that's a myth. Um, you can have 30 years experience doing something. That doesn't mean you actually have 30 years experience. You could just be repeating that first year 30 times. Experience doesn't make you better evaluated experience makes you better. And so evaluation is a critical piece of catalytic leadership. We have to consistently be evaluating in a ruthless way. One of the things that I ask our team every single week, what went right last week? What went wrong? And how do we make it better? They can recite those three questions in their sleep because they hear them all the time. But because we ask those questions, we can improve, we can get better, we evaluate, we ascertain the wins, we figure out where the areas for improvement are, and we make we take steps to make them happen. That is a purposeful and intentional process. Leaders get this, leaders understand the importance of evaluation, that you cannot just say, oh yeah, I got this. The minute you think, hey, I got this, you've stopped learning, you have stopped leading. You may not know it yet, you may still have the title on your business card, and your name still may still be on the door, but you're done. You have to continue learning. And part of learning is evaluation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, William, this has just been a real pleasure. We've only scratched the surface. There's so much more. Listeners need to go out, get the book, check it out. Uh, I, I think you'll you'll find it to be really enriching and, and insightful. Uh, before we wrap up the conversation for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your coaching practice, where they can find your book, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Sure. You can find out more information about the coaching I provide at catalyticleadership.net. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Look for William Attaway. And for the listeners of your podcast, John, I would love to offer a free copy of the book. If you'll go to catalyticleadershipbook.com and you help me out by paying the shipping and handling, I will get a copy of the book out to you. My goal is to get this information into as many hands as possible. I think we have an opportunity here. As leaders, we can either be a reservoir of all of our experience and everything we've learned and hold it all for ourselves, or we can be a conduit. And we can understand that all of that experience and, and understanding and learning is not just for us. It's for the benefit of those around us. And we can be a conduit of sharing that. That's what I want to do. And I want to help leaders get better. I want them to intentionally grow and thrive. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. I've loved the conversation. Thank you, William. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what William can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep and vibrant blue. 
what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.